Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Gen Z Investor, where I cover different trading ideas and systems in the capital markets and share them with you all. As always, I'm your host, Ben Trombley, and today I'm going to speak on one of my personal favorites, which is trend trading. So, trend trading is a very common method for many traders. No, not typically for investors, as investors usually aren't very concerned about short-term movements in the holdings that they have. Assuming most of you know about trends, which is a, an extended period of time of a stock making higher highs and higher lows, or lower highs and lower lows for a downtrend, personally, the trend trading style is my favorite and I just want to talk a little bit about why it's my favorite. So I think the biggest thing and one of the most important things to point out here is if there's a trend in any sort of industry, any sort of sector, a stock, or just the markets in general, that means that the majority of people think that this stock sector, whatever it is, is going to go up. And some of you may be thinking that, well, most people, especially in trading, do not actually succeed and create consistent profits. So why should we follow what most people are doing? Now, that's a very, very good question. And I think the answer is those who successfully trend trade and those who do not, the difference is their timing and their risk management. So if someone is trend trading and they just hop on board when it's potentially very overextended, it's been going on for a very, very long time, and when the trend breaks, they may hold on to it and they may just keep holding it because I think it's just gonna come back and it's just gonna work forever. That's how I feel a lot of a lot of people who aren't familiar with trend trading and who do not put the time into learning about trading kind of go about it versus those who are are consistently profitable are going to look at it from a different point of view. And that point of view is going to be basically you're gonna have very strict entry and exit criteria, and you're going to get out when the trend fails, which is a very, very broad overstatement about trend trading, but that's what I find to be the most accurate in a simple manner. So with the trend, there's obviously a supply and demand imbalance, as if the prices are consistently rising or consistently falling there is you know a lack of buyers in the latter of a downtrend and there is a lack of sellers or a lot of buyers in an uptrend so another thing too with trading and with stocks in general any sort of uh, sector industry it relates to a common theme across the entire stock market is Institutional traders account for about 90% of all the volume in the market. So 
of the trades that are placed in the market as a whole are from institutional investors, which essentially are those big institutions like Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, those types of institutions. And so you really want to go with what they are doing. And if you think about it, those companies like Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, they're not going to want a trend to be, you know, really crappy and be the markets to be choppy all the time because how are they supposed to make any money? If there's no trend and it's just a choppy mess, they're not going to be able to really do anything because, again, those are longer-term in investors. And, of course, they have so much money that they're putting in and out of the market, you know, putting in the markets and then taking out of the markets where they can't be very nimble. So they have to be longer term. And another thing that I wanted to get into was trends last. You know, sometimes it's a very, very long time. I've seen trends that will last for years and years, depending on what your criteria or what your time frame is for for a trend. I've seen it where really it just keeps on going for years and years. And sometimes stock prices will be choppy and difficult, but when they actually make a lasting trend, that is when those who employ this strategy make most of their money. So I think that's another big thing about when it comes to trading and investing using the trend, uh, following the trend method, is that there's not always going to be times in the market where it's ideal for trend trading. There's going to be plenty of times where the markets are choppy, they're not making new highs, you know, consistently, or they're just, they're very volatile, and overall there isn't much movement. And I would say in those types of situations, again, depending on your time frame, you probably just want to either, one, in higher volatility market environments, shorten your time frame. So if you're doing a month long, you probably want to go down to a week. If you're doing maybe, I don't know, two years, you probably want to go down to like a few months. Because in those high volatility market environments, you're, you just want to be shorter term because trades move or directions move a lot faster. Now, do certain markets trend better than others? Because I've, I've, I've heard of this debate before that certain markets will trend better than others. Like I've heard Forex, for example, where you're trading currencies, actually trend much better than stocks do. And now this is a very, I can't confirm or deny that it's true. I've I know some people that trade Forex, and I've asked them about this, and they personally do say that Forex trends better because you know they trade Forex and they trade stocks, and they say that Forex trends better as a general rule. And so I think it does according to what they say, but they do specify that the forex trends aren't extremely, you know, so much better than stock market trends. 
So I wouldn't say that 4x is easier by any means than uh, stock when it comes to trend trading. However, I do believe that when currencies get in a very strong trend, it'll probably run harder and farther than stocks will. Alright, so now let's get into the more technical aspect of trading with trends. So in, in this episode, we talk about technical trend trading. And technicals will make up everything about this style. And so technicals are essentially what you see on a price chart. So it could be support and resistance. It could be moving averages. It could be MACD. It could be relative strength. All these different indicators on the actual chart of a specific company or of a sector ETF or whatever you want to pull up on a chart. And all that you really need to know for this style of trading is at least the basics of trends and the basics of technical analysis because really technical analysis is not that hard. Uh, if you look up anywhere on, on, the, on the internet, you can find patterns, you can find, figure out what candlesticks are, you can figure out what candlestick patterns are best and all that kind of stuff. There's many resources for that. Uh, I would recommend, again, Investopedia. Uh, it's just a very, they, they simplify it in a very, very good way uh, for learning all about new things. They have pretty much everything on there uh, that you can imagine. So that would probably be my first place to go look if you don't know that much about technical analysis or you just want to maybe learn a little bit more. But let's get back into the technical aspect. So let's talk about the entries. So entries, I'm sure as many of you know, are extremely important uh, when you are entering into a trade. Again, and a trade, what I mean by trade is this can last anywhere from, it could be intraday, be a matter of minutes, or it could be swing trading and it could be anywhere from a few days to six months a year you could still count that as a trade I would say when it starts to turn to investing is when investing is when you don't care so much about where your entries are <clears throat> you just kind of care about getting in but you don't really care about you don't have specific rules for your exits and entries necessarily so for the traders out there and that's what trend trading is it's in the name once you have identified a trend, so a series of higher highs and higher lows, over your specific time frame, you're going to want to look for identifiable patterns for entry. So let's talk about specific time frame a little bit. So your time frame that you want to use is going to vary. It's person by person. Now I do find that longer time frames are typically easier and they ignore a lot of the chop, but that's not saying that they're easier for everybody. So I would say with this trend trading style, you're gonna want to figure out how long you want gonna want to hold these. Are you, are you gonna are you more of a few days? Are you more of a few months? Maybe in a few years? You know, I think that's something that you'll want to look at uh, that is particular to you. 
So either way, no matter what your time frame is, you're going to want to look for identifiable patterns for entry. So some people like to trade high bases. Some people like to trade ascending triangles. Some people like to trade uh, bull pullbacks, for example. These are all long setups. And it's not really important, I would say, which pattern that you use. I would say test out different patterns that you like and whichever ones you like the most, just refine them and stick with those. I wouldn't say any patterns are better than another. It's really just comes down to personal preference. So sometimes people like to jump into the trends without picking a good price to enter at. And that can work fine, especially for if it's a very, very long-term trend, but you're still best off waiting for a confirmation of trend at, at, a, at a good entry point. You know, your, your first step is going to be you want to identify something that's strong. Example for if you're going to go long on it, you want to find something that's strong. And once you've found something that is strong, well, you're going to want to have, get a good entry point on it because it's just going to... Uh, provide you with higher reward to risk, you know, higher gain to how, you know, gain ratio to how much you're risking. And so <clears throat> that's where, you know, a bull pullback or some sort of breakout confirmation, that's what you get in on, is probably best. So let's work into now staying with the trend. Okay. So this is probably arguably the most important, uh, but is also can be the hardest for some, is holding this trend and even harder yet, even adding to it as it moves in your favor, which especially adding to a winning position can be extremely difficult for some, but it really is necessary if you want to maximize your returns, you don't have to add to a winning position at all to be successful with this. You can just you can just find a nice trend, get in at a good entry point, put in your trailing stop, or just kind of monitor it and just let it go. And then once it once it uh, hits your stop, your trailing stop, or your target, you just get out. And we'll talk about that a little bit after. After about, we'll talk a little bit about exits uh, in a little bit here. However, um, you know sometimes these these trends can run very very far, and they don't do it all the time. You know, a lot of times actually trends just they start and then they'll be really short and they'll just kind of fall apart and they'll be eh, they're okay. You get maybe a small gain or a small loss or. You just had a regular loss or something, but then you'll catch the ones that will do exceptionally well. So you want to hold them as long as you possibly can. And what I find works best is choosing some sort of trailing stop. So there's a ton of different ways to do this. Uh, with your trailing stop, you could use a 20 period moving average. You could use a 50 period moving average. Uh, you could use if the stock drops a certain percent underneath the high, its most recent high, there's a ton of different ways to do it, and none of them are right or wrong. It's more so about your personal preference. 
Uh, but I do think that using some sort of trailing stop that is identifiable and objective is going to be the best way to capture all the gains, or at least most of the gains that you can you hold in until the end. So I am a big fan of using a moving average. I do think it is ideal as it's, it's really easy and it's right there on the chart. It tracks it for you. You don't really have to do any math. You just say, oh, okay, if it's, I'm in long on this on stock XYZ and it closed under the 20 period moving average. That's my stop out point. I sell. Now, that's just my personal preference, but I think that that is the most simple way to go about it. Now, going to the most difficult part, which it can be very difficult to hold on to winners as well for some people, but I think what's even more difficult is maximizing those gains. So adding to your positions as it moves higher. For example, again, this is if you're buying a stock. It works the same exact way if you're shorting. So if you're going to be adding to your long position, what are the, I guess, where would you add? That could be, a, that's a very good question. Where, where would you add to that position? Would it be on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? You just add, you know, maybe a little bit every week. Maybe you want to, maybe you're projecting you're going to hold this trade for, I don't know, several months. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to add some money every week into it. And you could do that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I think I think that would work just fine. Um, however, I do think that you could be a little more precise with it, and you could instead wait for some pullbacks. So again, if maybe you're risking the close a close under the 20 period moving average, and when it pulls back to the nine period or a little bit through the nine period, you add. And that's when you add because you're adding on the pullbacks, you're adding when the price is lower. That could be something you do as well. Either way works though if you don't have much time to deal with it or you just want to, uh, you know, just not really worry too much about the technicals and just keep adding every week. That works perfectly fine too. But if you think about it, if you were doing this with, say, Bitcoin or a leveraged SPY ETF from 2020 until the beginning of this year. Now let's just talk about the leveraged ETFs. So y'all know about the COVID, the COVID crash in 2020, March of 2020. Now from the low, it went from its peak to the low in one month. It bottomed out. The market, all the overall markets, the S&P 500, the Nasdaq, everything bottomed. Only after one month of dropping. Now, from that low all the way to the end of 2021, so over a year and a half, these markets were trending extraordinarily well. Now, if you added to those ETFs, to the, say you're in the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or even a leveraged S&P 500 index or NASDAQ uh, ETF, the gains that you would have from that without adding anything to your position would be amazing and be several hundred percent. But if you added to your winning trend during that entire time, it would be astronomical, the results. And that's how, you know, again, you don't have to add to winning positions 
to make money. You can make a lot of money not doing that, but as, that is something to consider maybe as you get more comfortable to add to your winning trades. So another question that I can think of is what if there is no trend? So you're a trend trader. Let's say your time frame is about six months and the market is volatile. It's had a big correction recently and it's very choppy. Well, as I said before, you're best off shortening your time frame because in these markets when it's very volatile, it will move down in a matter of days or a week or two and then it will rally back up extremely fast as well. Just as fast or faster. And so I would say if it's not an ideal environment for your time frame, your style, then you might as well cut down on your position size. So if you're going to risk, let's say, 2% of your account normally per trade, or maybe you're going to risk 5%. Let's say you're risking 5% per trade, which is a lot to risk on one trade. However, if you're putting most of your money into kind of one trend, I could see that working out just fine. Now, whatever you were doing before in the environment that works best, cut that in half. So if you're risking 5%, risk about 2.5%. If you're risking 2%, now you're risking about 1% when you're putting on a trade. Because there's just no point in putting your normal size and putting all that extra capital at risk. There's really no point to that. And it can be very, very boring, especially for those who like to manage their positions and are very into it and like to enter trades and you know are more active in it. It can be very, very hard to, to sit there and do nothing. And it's very, very difficult, and I struggle with this as well because I love trading. I love finding positions to manage and to alter and to find new setups and everything, and it's extremely difficult when there's no trend. I get it. However, most of your money will come from a minority of the trends, of the time in the market. If you think about it, it's the 80-20 principle. For those of you who do not know what the 80-20 principle is, it's a book. It's literally called the 80-20 principle, actually. There's a book on it. And it's basically about how majority of X, let's say, comes from the um, comes from something else that's only a minimal part. So let's say that for business, ooh, voice crack, <coughs> excuse me. Let's say for a business that you have 100 customers and they all buy things from you. Basically what that is saying that 20% of your customers, so 20 of those people, are going to account for 80% of your sales. And 80% of your customers are only going to account for 20% of your sales. Now. Is that the exact number in a situation? No, 
but it's the general rule that most of something comes from a minority of something else. So in trading, for example, in the markets, the majority of your gains is going to come from just a couple trends, a couple really good times to trade in the market. Say you trade on a monthly basis out of 12 months in a year, there's probably going to be most of your profits are probably going to come from only two or three months, maybe four months of that year. The rest of that year, kind of trash. You're going to end up on the other eight, nine months, you'll probably be either up a little bit, down a little bit, or break even. Most of your profits are going to come from very small windows of time. And now if you're a longer term trader, obviously if you, you put on trades for six months or a year, well, the window is bigger, but it's still small in the grand scheme. Over 10 years of the market trending, well, probably only going to be a couple years in there that are like really, really good. Okay, so moving on to the advantages of technical trend trading. So boosted returns over time compared to buy and hold styles. I think that right there is the number one benefit is that you can make far more than what the S&P 500 makes if you just buy into it and you just sit there and hold. Now the S&P is averaged varying on your time frame uh, from 20 years to 80 years about 8% per year. Uh, over the last decade it's gone a little more than that around 10%. Um, however that's I mean that's that's good that's that's fine if that's what you want to do but I feel like it can be a lot better than that. You know, I, I think with trend trading you can get 20% per year no matter what the market's doing. Maybe even 30% on on certain years for an average, 20% for an average. So the reason for this is really you just have a lot more flexibility with trend trading. You're you're in when it's good and you're out when it's not. Versus with buying and holding, you hold through everything, and that that leads in to the second advantage of, of of trend trading is that if the market turns and your positions start going against you, well, unlike investing where you just hold through the pain and through the downturn, you're you know it, it took you three years maybe to get these gains, and they're all or most of those gains are wiped out in a matter of months that's extremely frustrating versus with trend trading you don't have to worry about that because you have stops on your positions and you exit when once you determine the trend is no longer intact and I think that's probably you know probably what everyone would want is not to hold through all those big swings when the trend is done the trend is done just get out now there, there, there are disadvantages to trend trading. Um, I would say it, it, it is a lot more work uh, compared to just buying and holding the S&P 500 and just keep throwing more money into that. I mean, that's very, very easy. Really just open up a brokerage account and you just click buy every month 
or however else to put money into it. It's very, very easy. There's no management, nothing. Um, you know, you have to do timing uh, with this type of style. You have to time, uh, at least to some extent, um, about when to get into trends and when to get out. Uh, and scanning as well. You've got to be scanning for uh, the different stocks and ETFs that are trending and getting into them. Um, and then you also need to be practicing uh, become better at it. You know, it's, you're constantly refining their psychology when it comes to trading, uh, more so than investing. Uh, you have to be worried about your psychological issues, uh, which can and will happen to you in, in a trading environment. So let's just talk quick about. We talked about the advantages, the disadvantages. Uh, now of of technical trend trading. Now there is some other alternatives to technical trend trading if that's not quite your 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 forte, I guess. And there's another one that's very similar, and where with the exits you are very similar. You're using moving averages for trailing stop. Uh, and you're again you're picking an, at least a decent point on the chart to get in. However, there this other method, which is called economic theory, is it's a little bit different. And I'd like to go over this in a in a future episode, but it it's I'll give you a little bit of a gist of what it is. So it basically it utilizes trend trading, but it adds economic data and theory to it. And so it's not purely technical. So for example, if you have a high inflation environment, which is an, an economic factor, bonds should perform much better and equities, stocks, should perform poorly. So that would be your basis. Instead of finding something that is <clears throat> in a super strong trend, you'd find something that should be doing something based on economic data and then you enter into it accordingly. Say so you see the inflation is rising, equities should be falling. You should still wait until there's at least a start of a trend. Obviously if you if if that was the case, equities should be falling, but the trend is clearly bullish, I'd probably wait. <laughs> wait a little bit. Until maybe starts like it looks like it's going to turn over. But what this does, it just adds that extra emphasis on economics. And this could be great for you. This might be something that completely bores you. Um, but it's just another, it's, just a, it's a similar alternative where it, it incorporates most of the things in technical trend training, but it adds a little bit of quantitative analysis uh, or qualitative, one of the two. Basically, it adds um, non-technical analysis to it. It adds a little bit of, okay, the economic data says this, so this sector, these stocks, whatever, should do that. And some people like that kind of stuff. And, you know, for the, the economic theory, for example, it would tell us, you know, in um, back in 2020, when uh, the government was issuing out uh, a lot of, like, 0% no interest loans to a lot of companies, a lot of growth companies. And you look at their results, their stock results went up a few hundred percent over from 2020 into 2021. And afterwards, 
you know, facing higher inflation <clears throat> and, and higher inflation environment, many of these stocks are now down between 70 and 90 percent. So again, this is something that you could have predicted, perhaps, using economic data and economic theory. So that's just something to kind of look into. So I think that is everything that I needed to talk about, uh, about technical trend trading. Um, just, just recapping a little bit, going with the trend is highly incentivized, especially with those big institutional investors that, that I talked about earlier, meaning you want to be going with them, not against them, because they hold all the money. Retail traders only account for about 10% of the volume in the market, there's no reason to be going against what the institutional investors and the people with all the money are doing. There's just, there's no point in that. You're just going to get yourself hurt. So there are also are markets that work slightly better for trend, like Forex. Overall, I'd say they're pretty close. It matters more what style and time frame that you like best. Uh, and I think figuring out what works best for you really just comes from experience. So if you look at the markets and you're say you have a really itchy trigger finger and you try putting in some trades that last a few months and you're just like, I can't do this. It's just so boring. I can't. It's just too boring. Okay. Well then for you, that means, you know, try a week, try a couple days, see if that works better for you. I think the most important thing when it comes to, to trend trading is that you really just find a style that works best for you. Learning the technicals, that's the easy part. I would say the hardest part is finding the style that works for you, as well as working with the psychology of you making mistakes, of you having greed, having fear, there are so many psychological mistakes that I will make another episode on psycho psychological mistakes. There is dozens and dozens of different psychological issues that come up when people are trading. It's really quite interesting actually how many different problems can arise from, from your mind. And in trading that really is the number one killer of traders is they cannot master psychologically. The technical aspect is easy, but the mental aspect is hard. So that wraps it up for this episode on technical trend trading. If any of you have any questions uh, or comments about this episode or anything about trend trading, or perhaps uh, what would you, you would like to listen to on a future episode, uh, do not hesitate to get in contact, leave a comment, a voice message. And, uh, you know, I would love to do episodes on something that you all find interesting. So um, I will leave you with that, and you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you.